What's, What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Hey ladies, what's up? Uh, we are so happy to be here on this day with hey. you. Welcome yes. back. Welcome back. We are currently on Zoom because if you are in a state um, like us in Ohio, the numbers state are constantly COVID. increasing. And ladies, can I just exhort you before we move forward into talking about Luke's chapter, chapters 11 and 12, listen, let's not be women who find ourselves going towards anxiousness, but mm-hmm. let us go towards the altar in the throne room of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so um, as I'm praying for my state and the people in our state, in the state of Ohio, we are. All, I'm also praying for you and your families and your communities in that um, God would give us wisdom and discernment in this very um, tumultuous time with COVID-19. So Leah, how you doing, girl? Girl, I'm hanging in there. By the grace of God, looking towards this holiday season as just, I'm just really looking forward to that rest. Mm-hmm. Just even if it's just a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be good. So, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in a space at the end of 2020. It's like, all I need is this message of hope, right? The message that Advent brings, this message of hope. Yeah. That's what I need right now. Yeah. 2020, yeah. man. We need yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough 2020 for sure. And I'm so grateful that we are finding ourselves in the book of Luke and Luke mm-hmm. continues to encourage us over and over again. It is a book of the Bible that has really spoken to the moment in 2020, not just um COVID-19 but but injustices in our world. And so um yeah, we, we're just so grateful that you guys are journeying in with us. So we're going to dig in right now. Right and now. we're going to dig go. into Luke 11 and 12. And y'all, let me just jump, just, just hit, let you know what's popping off in Luke 11 and 12. We are at the middle point of mm-hmm. the, the book of Luke. We are at the middle point of the book of Luke. And what we will see is that we are now at the pinnacle of Luke. This is where like there is no turning back for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and what not only he is saying that he is coming to do, but what he is actually saying, those who acknowledge him are going to be about after he finishes and accomplishes his work. And so- This is like the heat, okay? And what's crazy is that it's- it actually is based on the way that um, accounts and literature was written at that time. Like it actually is the climax. It's called the chiastic mm-hmm. uh, rhythm or the chiastic mm-hmm. setup or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. where for us, like the peak of the story is usually at the end, right? And they lived happily ever after, right? right? In, in the way that it was written at the time in these biblical uh, times, 
this was the right smack in the middle, in the symmetry. Like it was a very symmetrical telling, right? In the mm-hmm. symmetry is the peak, is the pinnacle. Yeah. The is the climax moment. The the most important is packed right there. So this is where we're at. Yeah. In Luke. Yeah. We have and, the climax. And when you have that that mindset, it's like, okay, well, let me tune in. Let me really tune into what's happening here because this is clearly Oh. gonna gonna be some meat and potato stuff for us. Yeah, literally um these are probably the longest chapters in the in the book that we have done so far, but I'm going to tell you right now, there is no turning back and I'm telling y'all Jesus is going to turn up the heat this moment forward. We oh, thought he we thought yeah. the heat was turned up, but it ain't turned up. Um uh, <laughs> there is more heat. <laughs> there, okay, there is more heat that he is about to drop. So Luke 11 and 12, just the ways of the kingdom, what we have sort of uh, centralized this as is the way of the kingdom is a call to acknowledge, acknowledge Christ in our everyday living through our head, our hands, and the heart. And so in chapters 11 and 12, we're going to see Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray and clarifying the divided kingdom of Satan versus the undivided kingdom that will cause his disciples to be faithful followers. And so we're going to dig right in. We see in chapters 11 and 12 and chapter 11 in particular, that the key players are Jesus, the disciples, um, the apostles, the Pharisees, scribes and lawyers in the crowds. And then in um, chapter 12, we're going to see Jesus, thousands of people, just these crowds, these unsurmountable amounts of people, the Pharisees, the scribes, disciples. And then um, I find it so fascinating in chapter 12 that like Peter has this one liner Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about, you know, when I read these things, I'm thinking about like, oh, and now I'm going to see Peter. I know some of Peter's story in the mm-hmm. in the New Testament after Jesus ascends. And so, yeah, when and, where, when and where is this taking place in chapters 11 and 12? We're going to see Jesus is somewhere in the vicinity going towards Jerusalem. And this is what we will say is as we have reached the climax, it's going to be less specific. It's going to be less specific around the locations. But we do want to note that... Um, there will be a focus more towards not the locale, but Jesus, who Jesus is with and who he is engaging. And so that's what we're going to see. He's somewhere in the vicinity going towards Jerusalem, but it's not known his exact location in these two chapters. And so the point right now is that he is on this journey back to Jerusalem to complete mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this mission. Yeah, he's going mm-hmm. forth. He's going forth, honey. Full full throttle, he's going forth. And mm-hmm. so um, why is this taking place um, in chapters 11 and 12? We always try to sort of look at the text and say, okay, what's the verse that is encompassing um, sort of the overall themes of what we're seeing in, in these two chapters? In Luke eleven twenty three. 23, Um, Jesus wants to make known that the kingdom of God has come and there is no playing both sides. You are either with him and being a part of his kingdom Mm -hmm. or you are against him. And honey, you are scattered and you are in Satan's divided 
kingdom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the the majority of um, this pa- these passages in these chapters are going to be mainly discourse and Jesus speaking. But let me just read our key verse, which is Luke 11 and 23. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so we're going to see all of this unfolding in real time in Luke 11 and 12. And that verse is going to be reiterated many times over through various situations. So Leah, talk to us about our themes in chapters 11 and 12. Yeah, so in themes, a huge theme in chapter 11 is prayer. This is where we get the most direct instruction of prayer up into this point. Mm -hmm. Um, from Jesus to his disciples. Mm -hmm. And then we also see the theme of the Holy Spirit. Um, Again, with these, uh, we see the theme of these divided kingdoms. Um, Additionally, we see the signs of the Old Testament showing up as a theme as Jesus is bringing this parallel of um, the signs that were in the Old Testament and how he reflects those and perfects those. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we also see woes and the judgments pronounced and lastly, the this this contrast between what's what's on the outside and what's on the inside mm-hmm. um, with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter 12, again, with the Pharisees, we're seeing this element of them and their hypoc- hypocrisy on the inside and the outside mm-hmm. contrast. Mm-hmm. And we see as well an inherent value of his creation and his disciples. We see that really being emphasized. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, we're seeing like that seeking God's kingdom faithfully, it happens with the hands, the head and the heart. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, a theme that we really see showing up is this, um, again, this division on earth in allegiance and the allegiance to the eternal and undivided kingdom. So again, the, these divided kingdoms that shows up in 11 and 12, mm-hmm. um, as far as the themes. And so just rolling right on with that the repeated words, you're going to see kingdom of God, Holy Spirit, divided kingdoms, light, this dynamic of light, this dynamic of the woes that are pronounced to the Pharisees, and the contrast of acknowledging him and denying him, and Jesus calling himself the son of man. Hey ladies, we are so grateful to bring you the ministry of the urban Christian woman right into your headsets, your airwaves, every single week. We have seen God at work through the varying resources of the Urban Christian Woman, be it the blogs, the podcasts, the events held locally in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Currently, we are seeking to reach our giving goal of $1,500 of monthly givers to fuel God's kingdom work in the lives of urban women all across the U.S. So we would ask you to consider giving as little as $5 a month to the work of the Urban Christian Woman and help equip urban women with God's truth for everyday life. You can give right now by going to www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Thanks in advance for your investment into the lives of urban women. So yeah, let's just go ahead. Like, let's jump in. What's happening in the text? Let's walk through these chapters. Yeah. Let me dig in and unpack it here. 
Yeah, in chapter 11, we start, we see Jesus and the disciples saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And um, as John taught his disciples, and Jesus indeed does teach his disciples to pray. And this prayer should be the compass um, for his disciples by which the disciples live their lives. And the compass is actually based on the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So there is not going to be anything that is throwing the disciples off when they're hearing Mm -hmm. this. So right off the top, we see there's this acknowledgement of who God is um, as father. He says, um, our uh, father, hallowed be your name. The word father is not just this understanding of God's authority, that there's no one like him and that he's um, the creator of all. He has all this power. But when they're saying this, they are really highlighting a new, uh, Jesus is highlighting a new depth of one of intimacy. Yeah, it's relational word. It is is a relational Mm -hmm. word. It is going towards the core. It is a personal uh, one-on-one where he is is meeting you. He is meeting you. And so this name father is is, uh, known as Abba. We've heard it before, Abba, and it's to be revered and honored and respected. And so we see that there's this acknowledgement of um, him as father in his holiness and his power and then in intimacy. And, and what we will also see is this seeking of him first that goes vertical mm-hmm. and then it's going to go out uh, 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 horizontally. Mm-hmm. horizontally. Mm-hmm. So it's going upward, then it's coming down and it's saying your kingdom come. As we've read in the earlier chapters, this phrase implies that his kingdom will will continually come. um, And the truth um, that he has come is very real. And right now we're in the season of Advent, right, Leah? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so um, we we rejoice and we reflect over um, Christ coming into our lives um, in this season. But then we can... We also look with hope, right? Because we yeah. know that he is coming again. And so yeah. we are in real time experiencing Advent and waiting for his second coming. And then it says, give us each day our daily bread. There's this awareness and this acknowledgement of where their provision comes from um, and is coming from in the present and in the future. And man, how can we, we can totally just, I mean, I know, I know. And even just, yeah, I mean, that, that statement of it in and of itself is like a statement of just a constant dependence on God. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just a one-time, i got my salvation. I'm good mm-hmm. to go. He is teaching them to seek the Lord daily for dependence, yep. not just for provision, but for yep. sustenance and not just for physical sustenance, but for spiritual sustenance. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's that acknowledgement of our dependence on God. Yep. Physical mm-hmm. and spiritual. Absolutely. Absolutely. That dependence. And then we, we see, forgive us our sins. There's this acknowledgement of one's disobedience to the father who is holy and it leads you to repentance. And so then and only then when we see ourselves and our need to be forgiven, can we be aware and humble to say the next even line, say the next thing, uh-huh. to even say the next thing for we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted yeah. to us. Yeah. Um, these two lines are synonymous with one another. They, they go hand in hand. They uh-huh. go hand in hand, girl. If you, if you not, if you're not asking the Lord to forgive, you can't even forgive others. And we, we've right. seen that. I'm sure everybody 
who's listening yeah. has a testimony of walking in unforgiveness and going back and and being blown away yes. by the forgiveness of God and how one's yeah. heart turns towards him first so that mm-hmm. one can seek forgiveness from the other. And then it's and then we go into lead us not into temptation. Fascinating that this word lead us is not individualistic, but it's communal. As Leah and I were studying this, Leah even pointed out the fact that mm-hmm. all the way through the entire all the way. It's communal. It's, you know what I'm saying? Um, give us, our, lead us, forgive us. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, forgive mm-hmm. us. Our, give us each day our daily bread. So mm-hmm. we see this us and our over and over again. And so it's not individualistic, but it is communal. And so yeah. we are, if you are professing the name of Christ and you are about the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. then you are about being one body with, mm-hmm. one with him and one with others. And, and I so, love that we can crack that open like Jesus is a addressing it without actually addressing it. He's like, I'm teaching you how to pray. Yep. But even in the words that I use, I'm teaching you about your posture towards one another. Facts. Right? Like this, this unity among believers. Girl, I I literally want to talk application where you pray from. I literally want to talk application right now, but I'm going to withhold myself because I want to be a good student. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, that's gonna be good though. That unity, that unification mm-hmm. with Christ. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So, so when we're talking about this, it's it's this body of Christ mentality. Yeah, it's ourselves and others in the body. And then Jesus makes known the bold courage the believer should have to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit in one's life. These things cannot be lived out without the work of the Holy Spirit. And and this is another tier. Um, the Holy Spirit has not been mentioned that much, but Jesus is slowly uh, revealing this mm-hmm. new mystery revealing, of preparing. the third person yeah. of yeah. the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit um, in, in the three-in-one Godhead. And he, what we do know is that um, from the earlier passages of scripture that the Holy Spirit is a revealer. Yeah. He reveals what is hidden. And in this text, we're going to, he's going to reiterate that the Holy Spirit is a teacher and he will teach you. Mm-hmm. And so moving forward, we see him. Um, they He has taught his disciples to pray. He They are understanding what he's saying. And then he's like, you need the Holy Spirit in order to enact my kingdom. And as Jesus moves forward, he is now going to engage in this discourse with these Pharisees. And he's going to make known in front of the disciples and with the Pharisees that, hey, you Mm -hmm. thought we were on the same plane, Mm -hmm. right? We've never been on the same page. Mm -hmm. How about that? We're from two different kingdoms. Yeah, he's shining a light. He's shining a light. These two different kingdoms. He's just making it so clear. Mm -hmm. He's making it so clear. Like right now, it's like the fork in the road. There are two differing kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And so in verses 14 through 27, that's exactly what's popping off. Jesus is casting out a demon and um, it leads the Pharisees to say that Jesus himself has a demon. And then the crowds are saying, man, he's, he's, he's relieving this dude of this demon, but we still need one more sign just to believe that he right. is who he yeah. says he is. And listen, I don't even want to get into the full application, but the interpretation of that in and of itself is, man, this this sort of uh, constant um, need to need one mm-hmm. more sign mm-hmm. or to not believe that Jesus mm-hmm. is who he says he is. That's a whole word right that there. What he's given is not enough. 
that what he's I need, given. I need one more. Just come to, on now. Just to lock it in. Just to lock it in. We need and one more like, sign. No. It, it, yeah. I mean, he, he literally says, look, I've given the prophets. I've given Elijah and Elisha yeah. and all these prophets from the Old Testament. They, because of their witness, you have been judged of your disbelief, of your unbelief. <laughs> Facts. Fact. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. And Jesus knows their thoughts. Jesus knows their thoughts and points to Satan's kingdom that is divided. That's what mm-hmm. he's saying. He's like, listen, you yourself are making a judgment from your very words mm-hmm. that you are divided and you are from Satan's kingdom. You are of the kingdom of this world. And he goes on to just say these if-then questions. If Satan is divided, how can his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Satan, then who did those of all old who y'all be quoting all the time, Pharisees. Right, right. Who are these cats of old casting them out by? And he points to just like what Leah is saying, like he's pointing to Elijah, he's pointing to Elisha as they are being a form of judges towards the Pharisees, on the Pharisees, because they were the prophets that were speaking of Jesus Christ. Of Christ, yeah, yeah. And so because of that, they are acting as judges on the Pharisees. So he's like, listen, if I cast them out by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you in real time and he is making it known. And then then he just lands on that key verse, like we're saying in verse 23, 11 and 23, you're either with me or you're against me. Mm -hmm. If you're with me, you're gathered into the family of God and the kingdom of God. And if you against me, then you are scattered and you're all over the place. You're either wanting most signs or you don't believe I am who I say right, I am. Right. And that's what's popping right. off. Okay? And what's wild is that then, I mean, going on, like the crowds then are doing sort of the similar thing of like asking for more signs, asking for more signs. That's exactly And then it. how does Jesus address them? Like they're they're looking for more and he's saying no signs except for the ones given from Jonah and the Queen of Sheba. Like yep. Go ahead and unpack that for us. What is happening there? <laughs> what is happening there? Yeah, man. I mean, there's a there's a lot that's happening in the Old Testament, you know, mm-hmm. um, through these two Old Testament um, uh, historical narratives, right? In verses 28 through 32, um, as these crowds Yeah, like what are, does he mean by this sign of Jonah? Yeah, yeah. Jonah is called by God to go and tell the wicked and perverse Ninevites to repent or perish mm-hmm. through the justice of God. And yet, um, because Jonah was not the full fulfillment, which was the Christ, um, Jesus Christ is saying, I'm greater than Jonah, and Jonah was incomplete. He was right. just a foreshadowing invitation of um, of myself. And then you have the Queen of Sheba, who literally goes all the way to the ends of the earth to seek to, to gain this wisdom and hear the wisdom of Solomon. And as we all know, Solomon was also incomplete. He's just struggles uh, with, with women, his, his, his lack of integrity in that space. And Jesus is saying, I am greater than here. Something yep. greater is here and it is me. I am the so those things were like shadows, but Jesus comes as the perfected substance of that. And Absolutely. so they were looking with such high regard for these shadows, but then the actual substance comes and they're like, yep. and they miss it. Yeah. And they miss it. Yep. Yep. And and ultimately, and ultimately what he's saying is that all roads and signs are pointing to me. That's mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. All roads and signs are pointing to 
me. And Mm -hmm. so we see um, as the text goes on in chapter 11, as he is flushing out what the kingdom of God is, and then he's saying, hey, there are two differing kingdoms here. I'm making known what my kingdom is. There are two different ones. And here's the reality. I'm about to pronounce judgment. So judgment is now going to be pronounced in the rest of the text from 33 to 53. And Jesus is dining with a Pharisee a Pharisee and some other Pharisees and a lawyer um, who is known in the text as a scribe. And Jesus commends the crowds to light their lamps so they can be placed on the stand. Um, Leah, talk about this lamp and he's making uh he's making a uh, reference to the lamp yeah. um, the eyes yeah. and the eyes are the lamp and um right. if your eyes are healthy then your whole body is healthy healthy and if your eyes are darkened then your body is right you know, and it, dark. i mean what's what's interesting too is that he's he's giving this instruction to the crowd and then the pharisees who invite jesus to meet with them like they're almost a demonstration right of the same thing the mm-hmm. eyes are um, the light, right? Mm-hmm. So if the eye is unhealthy, then the then there's darkness, right? And yeah. so then the, the Pharisees come and they invite Jesus to eat. Then they see that Jesus doesn't wash before dinner. Yep. And Jesus reflects with the same thing. He's like, y'all are worried about the outside. Yep. But inside your heart is full of greed and wickedness. He's talking yep. about like, if the, if, the, if the eye, this sort of exposure is dark, then you know yeah, there's nothing but darkness inside, and yet he's asking. He's saying that the priority is on the heart. The priority mm-hmm. is that the heart will be clean, and then everything else will be clean. And mm-hmm. the Pharisees are missing this because they're trying to appear clean on the outside, mm-hmm. and yet they have darkness on the inside because they have not received again what he's just talking about is the truth of the sign, and then the substance of the sign. That's it. And then this lawyer is like. Yo, you're kind of kind of coming in hot. You're kind of insulting. <laughs> Jesus is like, you, you know, I actually have a fresh one for you. You individually. Here, here's your fresh word. Yeah, you, you want a real word? I got a word for you. What What did Jesus? What did Jesus? Give yeah, it's so he crazy. gave him a rhema word. You know how people be like, you need a rhema word. You need a right now word. I got a right now word for you. Jesus came with a rhema word for this lawyer. What he say, girl? Yeah, I mean, the lawyer's like, um, by saying this, you insult them. Are you gonna also insult us? He's like, I got something for you. Yeah, I got yep. I got a word for your oppression. His oppression of these people. How you're bearing them down with legalism. And he calls them out on their complicity, his consent to the deeds. He's talking about what what their fathers did to the prophets. Come on. And and you built their tombs and their monuments. Come on. You built the tombs and the monuments. And the monuments. And so looking at, um, hold up. Girl, I I just went there. I just went there in the word. I just did. I sure did. I just did. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and he crack said, it open. He said, therefore, also the wisdom, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute so that the blood of all the prophets yep. shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this, against this generation. He's yep. like, listen, there was hypocrisy then. There was complicity then. And actually the prophets that are to come are going to reemphasize that because you're going to do the same thing to them. Hello, Acts, the Come book on. of Acts. Come on. And we see that actually fulfilled 
And so he is, he is not lying. He is speaking the truth when he says from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. And then he pronounces these woes. Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't enter yourselves and you hindered those who were entering. Mm. You have taken away the key of knowledge. And in the hypocrisy, it literally is saying, look, the, 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 the avenue and the openness for wisdom and knowledge, you have snatched it away mm-hmm. by being these pinnacles of hypocrisy and yep. you did not enter yourselves. And then you hindered yep. those who were entering. And, and, and let me tell you something. That's a whole word right now, because some of what's popping off and what we're seeing in, in, in the, in the mm-hmm. body of Christ is some stone cold hindering yeah. Yeah, those who are seeking to enter, right? And who there is some yeah. real judgment. There is nothing new in regards to what Christ is saying, and we mm. can glean um, from that even now. And and what we will see happens right after this, Leah. After Jesus makes that pronouncement of them hindering those who were entering, and because they ignored um, those, and they were in, hindering those from receiving the word of God. I mean, he made this announcement and right after that in verse 53, it says they went away from their scribes and the Pharisees and they began to press him hard and and provoke him to speak about anything they could, many things because they were waiting for him. They were lying in wait. I mean, you can just see it Mm -hmm. from those very words in verse 54. You can see that they are a part of Satan's kingdom and and they are lying in wait for him to catch him and something that he says. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so now we, we we're jumping forward and uh this this text is not just like a new chapter 12 is not something new this is still the same right time together. frame it flow flows right, right into it it says mm-hmm. now after they done they ready to kill him mm-hmm. okay they lying in wait they trying to get him in every situation it's mm-hmm. what Jesus says in the meantime in the meantime in the in meantime, the meantime. Luke says, because he's fully aware of what's popping off. He knows what's going on in their heart. Okay. So in the meantime, what begins to happen flowing right out of chapter 11, the crowds are pressing in to see Jesus and Jesus calls the disciples to be aware of the Mm -hmm. hypocrisy that he has just pronounced in Mm -hmm. chapter 11. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, to know with whom and where one's treasure lies and then how to steward their treasure. So that's what all chapter 12 is about. Jesus, the disciples and the Pharisees hypocrisy in verses one through three, Jesus is coming off of this judgment. He's pronouncing it against the Pharisees and the scribes. He's warning the disciples Mm -hmm. to be aware of their hypocrisy. He's like, listen, be aware of these Pharisees hypocrisy. He talks about- Yeah, because he knows, I mean, the Pharisees are there. They're trying to like sort of infiltrate and persuade and sort of shape this message. And and knowing that the hostility is going to rise up as yep. the disciples begin to really follow the true way of Jesus, the hostility yep. from the Pharisees will rise up. Yep. And so his exhortation to them is, listen, like, don't fear the ones who kill the body. But after that, they have nothing more that they can do. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he really, he really turns their attention to listen, like, yep. know that ultimately, like, God is the one who holds your life in his hands. Mm-hmm. And so God is the one who holds your judgment in his hands. Yeah, yeah. And, and that that juxtaposition between do not fear, but then fear, yep. it's like these different sort of, these 
right? There's the man-to-man sort of fear of man. Yep. And then there's the reverent fear that comes in face of the one who holds your life, who created your life and who holds judgment as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love chapter 12 because chapter 12, um, is alluding for, for the, the reader for us today. Mm -hmm. Um, it is pointing us towards, um, what he has already been saying, um, in chapters 10 and in chapter in 11 and 52, but he's just reiterating these things, Mm -hmm. right? That nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden or that will not be known. And he's been saying that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who reveals and he does not hide these things from us. And so Jesus knows their intentions. He knows mm-hmm. um, how um, voracious they are to seek to entrap him and how the disciples are perceiving all these things. And Jesus goes on, just as what you were saying, to talk about um, the treasure of one who follows the kingdom of God in verses four through 12, 12 as you were articulating. You know, a, a disciple really, um, he, he understands what they're feeling because guess what? He's the son of man. Right. God, God has come to dwell amongst us. That is who Jesus is. And he is knowing what is to come. He's, he's feeling that same fear Mm -hmm. and he's bringing it before them prior to him even experiencing it. He's saying, listen, I, I see the fear that the disciples feel. And he makes known the cost and the value of the kingdom of God. It's going to cost your very being, but the value is the acknowledgement and the inheritance of your savior and king and his kingdom that, that will be eternal and that your body will not waste away. You're going to have a new glorified body. So what you are most fearful of, you can Mm -hmm. rest in Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you are going to be fully made new. Mm-hmm. And then he makes known the means by which, right? The means by which he's going to do that. He says, "Listen, you, there's gonna you've you've got to choose. You're you're either gonna acknowledge me or you're gonna deny me. You've either got to speak up for it or you're gonna blaspheme my name. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's not one or the other. It's 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 this or that. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus makes known the mode by by which uh, he's going to do this. And there's gonna be an unveiling of this mysterious one, which is the Holy Spirit yeah. and the Holy Spirit is going to teach them and the Holy Spirit is going to yeah. give them courage and the Holy Spirit is going to enable them. He's like, listen, don't have a pre, yeah. pre, uh, pre-recorded uh, narrative in your mind. Don't, mm-hmm. don't even worry about the defense that you need to make. You don't, it doesn't have to be pre-recorded because the Holy Spirit is going to live in yeah. you. And you are going to um, have his power at work and he's going to give you what you need to say. And he's going to give you the power that fear is is going to be diminished and dissolved in real time because you are your mind, your heart, your hands Mm -hmm. are set on my kingdom. And girl, as I was reading this part, it Mm -hmm. just took me right towards Stephen. It took Mm -hmm. me right towards Stephen. I was just about to say, like, this is not even an abstract thing. No. Because we see it become very concrete in the book of Acts. Like it, it flows right into I that. Know. Jesus, he's saying, this is what's about to happen. Yes. And I'm preparing you because this Ooh. is actually what's about to happen. Yes. And the words that become so clear when it says the Holy Spirit filled them with boldness and they proclaimed when they were Come in on. front of the, I mean, when Stephen, when the apostles were, were making a defense, when they were jailed, I mean, like time, and time, time, and time and time and time again. again Come on. We see it. We the Holy it. Spirit putting words in their mouth, giving them boldness to speak and proclaim the truth, giving them boldness in the face of death, 
like yeah. Stephen. Yeah. Man, yeah. That's why so real. Yeah, that's why it's a full package deal. Yeah. Like it's not just your intellectual ascent. He's like, listen, you can know mm-hmm. everything in a home. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I'm giving you my spirit in you. And when I put my spirit in you, I'm going to give you the power that you need to say what I want you to say. Yeah. And that's a real thing. You know what I'm saying? We lean more. That's why he said, you know what I'm saying? Don't lean to your own understanding, Mm -hmm. but acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. Then after. (laughs) (laughs) That's this conversation. It's this this conversation. It It is so good. It is so good. And so he just makes very clear that, listen, I've pronounced judgment on the Pharisees with their hypocrisy and my kingdom is juxtaposed to that. And I am inviting you to treasure it, treasure the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and what is apparent in those who treasure the kingdom of God. We are not concerned about death in our body and the fear of that, but we look towards an eternal kingdom an eternal hope and an eternal power that does not fade. And so then we have this just out of the blue after he's talking to the disciples, right? Mm-hmm. You have this crowd member be like, Jesus, <laughs> tell my brother to give me, uh, give me Solve some my of that problem. money. That, right. <laughs> Jesus, tell my brother, tell my brother to uh, give me some money that uh, our family member, our family member left, uh, left over. And Jesus is like, let me just drop a parable on what really matters. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what matters. Like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to answer you in a different way. I'm going to answer you in a different way. And so in verses 13 through 36, that's exactly what happens. Jesus is addressing this man who felt, quote unquote, that things were not fair. And he uses this crowd members Mm -hmm. matter to expose the heart, which is what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Jesus is after the heart, not Mm -hmm. the outside. He says, Mm -hmm. watch that inside chapter 11, right? Which was this desire to have what belonged to his brother. And so he's always after the heart because if he has our hearts, he has everything. And so Jesus uses this parable about a man who has worked and acquired these goods and he continues to acquire them, but he doesn't have enough room. He doesn't have enough room for Mm -hmm. all the stuff that he has worked so hard for. And so instead of him looking up, looking out, and looking around and giving out of that, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm Mm -hmm. going to tear this barn down and I'm Mm going to build a bigger one. Mm -hmm. And so this parable leads the reader to question, what is the reward or the worth of one's life? Is it the material things or the eternal? Is it your body? Is it your comfort? Is it um, your 501k? Is that what it's called? The 401k? 401k, 501, I'm thinking 501c3. Your 401k, you know what I'm saying? Um, is Is it all of those things, or is it a treasure that rust and moth cannot destroy. And so Jesus is pointing to where true value and true treasure lies, right? And in America- And what is he saying? I mean, he's saying that what is the the treasure that moth and rust cannot destroy? It is the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the inheritance of he himself. It's him. It's him. It's him and his kingdom that he's bringing. That he's bringing. That's it. 
and and yeah, I just want to say this because I think that you know, right now, I mean, like we all are at a standstill, and I mean, nobody is blind to the fact if you follow in Jesus, right? It's American Christianity, right? Our wealth, our accumulation um, of that wealth, it, we have Ooh. a sober mindedness of a clear unknown expiration date mm-hmm. in 2020 like covid is sweeping mm-hmm. not just this nation but it's also hitting the christian church and and it's just a sober mindedness of like mm-hmm. listen all the things that you can accumulate it has an expiration date yeah it has an expiration date and then it it it, it points us towards this treasure treasure is found um, for the one who has placed their hope in the internal, the seeking of God's kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and everything will be, don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink or what you will wear. This is literally the passage that we, it, that Jesus is referring to. And Jesus exhorts them towards treasuring their treasure. Yeah, That's all he's saying. Yeah. Treasure your treasure. And do you know who your treasure is? I'm your treasure. Mm-hmm. For when you mm-hmm. treasure the kingdom of God, then what happens is, you're going to find that your light and your lamp is on. Yeah. You're going to find that you're waiting for the master in this beautiful Mm -hmm. wedding feast. And Mm -hmm. you're going to find that you're going to be expectant and waiting for his kingdom to come Mm -hmm. on earth as it is in heaven fully. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's just this constant reminder that Jesus is inviting this man as well as the entire crowd to see is, this is this world is not the treasure. Yeah. I am the treasure and my kingdom is one that does not fade and has immense and beyond value that you cannot even think or imagine. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. The rest of the chapter is just a reiteration of what he has uh, communicated and done discourse over in the in the previous verses. He he asked them uh, a couple of things, which is, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be awake? Are you mm-hmm. going to be asleep? Are you going to be delaying when this master comes in verses 37 through 59? Mm-hmm. Lena, take it take it from here. T- talk to us about this master. This yeah. Thief, and I mean, what, what I found so interesting is that he's talking about both, right? He's talking about when he when he lays out this parable, he's yep. talking about the master who comes yep. and the servant. And in that part, like the the um the master is Jesus, right? Yep. So he comes back to the home. And then I love that he says, Blessed are the servants in 37, who the master mm-hmm. finds awake when he comes. Yep. Truly I say he will dress himself for service and have yep. them recline at the table. Yep. And he will come and serve them. Mm-hmm. If there's no, if there's nothing else that makes it clear that Jesus is referring to himself as the master of the house, come on. You now. know that it's clear because he came that first time as a suffering 
suffering servant. Yeah. And so this 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 pronouncement of blessedness to those who receive the one who has mm-hmm. come at that time yep. and that he has become a servant for them. Yeah. But then I love that it keeps going in this um this uh flip a little bit of like if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming. So yeah. now he's talking about not just a master coming home to a house, but a thief coming to break in. And it, the the nature of Jesus arriving shifts because he's actually speaking about the second coming when he comes to return. Mm-hmm. And the nature by which he will come is that of a thief in the night, this mm-hmm. unexpected return. That's and it. that is where we, for which we wait right, right. now. Right. And for right. which we prepare ourselves right, right now. Mm-hmm. And so we know that the son of man is coming at an hour we do not expect. And so he exhorts mm-hmm. the crowd and the followers alike to be prepared for that. Yeah. And I love that, that Peter, right. This is his one liner. It's like, are, are you talking to all of us? Or are you just talking to just them? Are, are you, you, are you telling, are you telling Who's us that talking about? Who are you talking to Jesus? And I love that he shakes down of like, I'm actually talking to everybody. Yeah. He says, who, who then, <laughs> who, who then I'm going to throw it back and have you answer this question. Yeah. And then really he makes it very clear because he's talking about, um, he's talking about those who receive him. He's talking about those who steward his word. Yeah. Right. And he's yep. talking about those who are unprepared. He addresses in each one of those spaces. Um, yeah. And ultimately, like he's reiterating, this kingdom of God is about following. It's yep. about having your allegiance to me. Mm-hmm. It's about being unified under me. Mm-hmm. This priority for Christ is not just the unification of man to the world. Yeah. But the priority is the unification of man to the one, the son of man, who he says is has come and is coming again. And yeah. so like where, I mean, where are we left with that as we enter into just taking this in and then looking out towards our response, how um, all that we've taken in, in Luke 11 and 12, how does that call us to live out? Like, what are our marching orders from this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, whew, there's a, a, a lot, um, there's a lot here. But what we wanted to do was just zero in on some key things mm-hmm. and what we see Christ as and what Christ has done, Christ has provided for those who are a part of his kingdom, a compass for everyday living that he has modeled. So mm-hmm. when he is telling, teaching the disciples to pray, what he is teaching them is what he has already modeled. And so yeah. these implications that come are falling and hinging upon that. The implication spiritually is that we have been given a model template through the Lord's prayer. Yeah. um, One, to seek the vertical first. And Mm -hmm. when our eyes are turned towards him and his kingdom and his holiness, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we sort of get the communal in check. We, we get, get the, the horizontal in check. That's mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. And, and that the horizontal, it, when we're dialed into that, the horizontal is communal. Right. You know? And I even think like this is a huge implication for us spiritually because, yep. you know, that normally when people ask Jesus questions, he doesn't respond directly to the question. Yeah. Yeah. He, he responds in a parable. He rephrases the question. But here when the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. He's like, this is so important. I'm going to respond directly to this. I'm going to jump right into this. I'm going to respond to exactly what you're saying. And I'm going to lay it out. 
and I am going to teach you how to pray right here in yep. plain form. Yep. And so the, that you know. So that you know, and that and to know that that prayer is that compass and that God. Meaning, if you want to know if you are on mission with Christ's kingdom work, all you have to do is pray the Lord's prayer. Yeah. And it yeah. will become evident. Right. Father, holy is your name. Yeah. Your kingdom come. Am I mm-hmm. living for my kingdom or am I living for your kingdom? Mm-hmm. Am I, my movements today, have mm-hmm. you been at the forefront and the focus? Am I, de- am I living in a space of a demandedness and mm-hmm. a demanding my kingdom or am I living with this willingness yes. towards the surrender, submission, yes. surrender submission. and submission mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. And so, so there, there are these spiritual implications. And I think that there is this, one of the things that I took from the prayer is this temptation to not, to look so individualistic that we are off mission, that the kingdom of God has always been communal. Yeah. It's always been communal. It's -hmm. It's always been communal. And so because of that, then that means that those implications personally in our lives are not just uh, for us, it's for the benefit Ooh. of others, right? That's and so, so yeah, man, and, and we see it. And so it, when, when Jesus was making the pronouncement of these judgments to the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, one of the things that I thought about was um, the words from uh, Show Baraka. And, and this is just a quote from, from him in one of his songs. It, he says, they talk about the law. They talk about the law. The law is a tutor that leads men to Christ. By faith justified, he gave us life so that we could bear some fruit. Mm, mm-hmm. And so this, the, the the Pharisees were missing the point because the law was supposed to be a tutor. A tutor, yeah, yeah. That led us to Christ so that our allegiance would be rightly aligned under the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the Pharisees and the disciples, Jesus is using chapters 11 and 12 to say, where does our allegiance lie? Mm-hmm. Do we see, are we, are we bending our, our spirits, our lives, the way that we use our hands, our heads, and our heart? Are we walking in a, in a space of legalism and seeking for our works to sanctify us? Mm-hmm. Or are we leaning into the power of the one who gave his life for us that we will acknowledge him in every step of our day in every moment of our day. And so that's in our daily moments with our children. That's in our Mm -hmm. daily moments with our sisters in Christ. That's in our daily moments when we get on a Zoom call to go to work. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Are Mm -hmm. we showing up reflecting the kingdom kingdom of God and saying, my allegiance is not to this world, but it's of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. those implications personally, and then finally, we see these other implications. Leah, I see you. I see you on the zone right now. Jump <laughs> like, in right now. Jump in right now. You know, well, you and, cut me well, off. Well, I mean, I, yeah, because I'm like, okay, not only does our where does our allegiance lie, because this is always going to be a challenge for us, especially right now, where right? people are always vying for us to fall in their camp, to be identified in their camp. Come on, just girl. this week we saw the shakedown on social media about critical race theory and where you going to encamp yourself oh, gosh, and I'm so exhausted. this whole. 
whole this whole bogusness of like I'm you so have exhausted. to say where you are so that we can encamp you over here. Yeah. Are you are you on CRT or not? Are you egalitarian or complementarian? Are you um let's keep going, Leah. Yeah. Let's just keep yeah. going. Are yeah. you are you evangelical mm-hmm. or are you liberal? Are you a cultural Marxist? Are you a cultural Marxist? <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you reformed? Are you mainstream? Woo. I mean, it's just, but here's the thing though, is that none of these camps have the lock, full lock on kingdom of God values. That's so right. we don't, what we don't want to do is allow ourselves to believe that our allegiance to the kingdom of God is going to be manifest in an allegiance to a certain camp. Girl, say that one more time. Because it's not, our allegiance to the kingdom of God Come cannot on. look like be manifest in allegiance to a certain camp because none of these little areas, these little camps, these little tents have a lock on all that the kingdom of God calls us to because they are imperfect people-made structures. Come on. Okay? Come on. Let's reflect back to and Jonah. We're asking let's reflect back to Solomon. Word from God. We're That's asking it. for a power from the Holy Spirit to actually live out the mission that God has called us to as his people. Come on. As his image bearers. Come as on. his obedient disciples. Come on. And Come none on. of that is going to fall into the line with a certain group. And so we have to be able to be comfortable to live in that dif- distance. And Jonah and Jonah and Solomon are direct examples mm-hmm. in chapters yeah. 11 to yeah. point us towards that. These yeah. people are incomplete. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is, girl, when you talk about this allegiance thing, Girl, come on now, yeah. because yeah. I'm telling you the 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 Lord. It's it's like the Lord is just bringing like this idolatry that we have yes. towards people, yes, pastors, uh, uh, uh professors yeah. at seminaries. It's like He's just slowly just bringing it all down because He's like mm-hmm. these people are incomplete. Yeah. I am the only one who perfectly holds justice and love. Yes, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. In my and I And I think that, that for us, it's so uncomfortable to live in that space because we want to be able to nail it down. Mm-hmm. But but again, when Jesus says, pray, Attention. give us this day our daily bread. Come on. He's like, don't nail it down so you think you got it on lock. Come on. Come to me daily. Come on. And that's, why he tells, daily. Yes. and that's why he says, listen, let not your heart be troubled. Ask for for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will teach you and mm-hmm. he will reveal to you the hidden mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. We have a living and active tool for this discernment and for this navigation mm-hmm. towards fulfilling the kingdom of God. We have an active tool for that in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, that in and of itself, I'm like, yo, we could just stop there. But we then st- but we got to talk. <laughs> but we got to talk about these implications socially and culturally, which, which is what we're saying. We see that the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the lawyers, what they were doing was they were operating in two yeah. Avenues, yeah. oppression yeah. and complicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were and putting burdens stru- on people. Literally structural, systematic structures oppression of oppression, and complicity, structural, systematic oppression. Yeah. And complicity and what's ignoring, ignoring. How many times did Jesus say you ignored? Ignored. You ignored. You ignored. That is yep. the definition of complicity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. on a tangent right now. Yeah. And y'all no. can't see my hands, but I'm so serious. <laughs> And I think even too, like it's, it's, it's really important for us to see that they were actually using 
religion to create systems of oppression. Yes. They were using religion to create systems of oppression. Yes. To say that this is the way that you have to go. And justify their ignorance. And and justify justify their ignorance. Come on. And Jesus speaks clearly. He's like, y'all are in the dark. Y'all have nothing but darkness. And what's inside of you is darker than your light, than your light, which is dark. What is that even? He said, he said, so miss me on washing the outside cup. Miss Mm -hmm. me on washing my hands. Go clean inside first. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly we gotta repent to sort of take it's a repentance though. Can I just say that? It is. It is. And we coming 13 and 14 is coming, y'all. Because guess what? He he sets it up so wonderfully to say, listen, repent, repent. Yeah. Repentance. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's... And to even... Ooh. I mean, we have to take this, like, a humble posture with it as humble. well because I want to... I want to, like, look that square in the eye. And then I also want to speak, like, an encouraging word to those of us who are in spaces where we feel the weight of some oppression in some way or another. Oh, yeah. Like, take heart. Jesus is not playing around Come with on. the oppressors. He's he not. He's not playing around. Yep. And the then pronouncement on, is mm, real. The and pronouncement. so while we want to take, you know, different ways to sort of push back against that, yes, like proclaim, you know, freedom for the oppressed, liberty, sight for the blind. This is our proclamation. Yes. But our fight mm-hmm. is to stay faithful to the kingdom of God. Come on. And Jesus's fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's taking care of the judgment and he will do that. And he will do that. And he will do that. And it can be difficult at times to carry both of those, to, to embrace yeah. both of those two tensions. Mm-hmm. But if, if you, if you are seeking our father who are in heaven, hallowed yeah. be your name. Yeah. He will realign. Realign. He mm-hmm. will realign you and you will be able to stand for truth and fight for oppression and complicity and unrighteousness. Because mm-hmm. it's not just in this, it, it, in, in 11 and 12, Jesus makes known oppression and complicity. Yeah. But there are so many other areas. And we mm-hmm. see that in the scripture, how the Pharisees were handling uh, people, how they were responding to people, yeah. which at the core of it was just oppression and ignoring them. It was an, an ignorance. And I also want to say this because you were talking about the oppressor I will also say the exhortation is also back into the implications personally. Mm-hmm. Our brothers and sisters who, who are not of the brown and black hue, mm-hmm. where does your allegiance lie? Because your allegiance will lead you towards kingdom work and mm-hmm. allegiance leads you towards the fight for oppression and complicity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To yeah. fight against it because God's kingdom is, in Luke 4, 18 through 19, just as Leah said, has has come for that very thing. Yeah. That's why Jesus to came. To set us free. To set us free. Mm-hmm. Set us free. And we work towards that with the assurance that it has already been done and mm-hmm. he will make all things new. Amen. So Leah, pray for us, girl. Yeah. Lord, 
We thank you. We thank you for making your word so clear. We thank you for illuminating it today in a way that pierces through to our hearts and begins to do the work of transforming, of renewing, of calling us to repentance, to calling us to humility. Have your way, God, this week with this word in our hearts. I pray for uh, the women that are hearing this, that they would um, just tune into you to seek um, just the power of your Holy Spirit in discernment to seek their reliance on you, to pursue this horizontal um, relationship after the vertical is yes. is is solid and restored and yes. strengthened. Uh, yes. Would you help us to see that we belong not only to you, but we belong to each other. Yes. And let that truth begin to transform us from the inside out in yes. everything we do, in faith, in holiness, in pursuit of the kingdom of God, yes. with our head, our hands, and our heart. Yes. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies. Love y'all. Bye.